A fabringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avtson, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Shul, and we are here four days before Rosh Hashanah, just over three days before Rosh Hashanah, and it is a privilege to be able to spend the next few minutes just before 2 o'clock with you as we share some thoughts as we're ending the year 5780 and we're walking into the year 5781. The music you were just listening is a song that came out last 72 hours, I believe, and it's called Let's Rise. Beautiful song by uh, Avram Fried, Ali Gerstner, and Baruch Levine. And we'll be playing other melodies throughout the segment throughout the show, Yom Kippur melodies that hopefully will inspire and offer comfort. How do you show up to Rosh Hashanah this year? Gosh, huh? If I, if I was able to be a bug on the wall of every rabbi's sermon preparing, this is the year I would choose it because gosh, this year the sermons will be like, unlike they've ever been before. I hope. If not, then the rabbi doesn't know how to give a sermon. <laughs> Um, you know, imagine just getting up and saying, and let's just talk about the, the, this page on the Mahzor and totally ignore the big elephant in the room. Not, we're all going to be addressing in some way or somehow the elephant in the room. Um, and you wouldn't know what that elephant is. I mean, no. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe COVID. I don't know. Lockdown. Who knows? So we're entering Rosh Hashanah with a very interesting feeling. We're entering Rosh Hashanah with a very, unusual space, all of us, all people around the world. I'm in consultation with a rabbi in Florida. I'm in consultation with a rabbi in Hong Kong. Um, just been networking and sharing a rabbi in northern Canada and a bunch of other places, just chatting on WhatsApp the past few days. And we're like all in the same boat, whether you're living in the middle of nowhere, in like literally the, the boondocks of Canada, or you're living in Johannesburg, or you're living in Australia, the question is how much lockdown you have, how many people could come to the minion, but we're all feeling it. We're all walking in. It's almost like the whole Jewish people are walking into Rosh Hashanah with a very similar headspace. You know, the line was going on just when COVID came. After a month or two, people were saying, we're on, we are on the same ocean, but we're not in the same boat. In other words, each person has gone through it differently, and that's a 100% true. On the other hand, I would argue that emotionally, most of us have at least had a taste of similar emotions. So maybe for one person, loneliness was much stronger than for the other person, but we've all felt, unless we're an extreme introvert, and even extreme introverts need some social interaction, we've all felt a certain lone loneliness that we've never felt before. We've all felt like that trepidation, what next? We're all coming into Rosh Hashanah from a similar world, even if maybe the way we're processing the world is different, we are unique. But again, I, I haven't lived forever, but in my lifetime and then the people I've spoken to in their lifetime, it's never been that the whole world is walking into the Rosh Hashanah with the same headspace. It's a unique time. The only time I believe that in recent memory when Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur 
the entire Jewish world was in the same headspace, was chances are was the Yom Kippur War when people found out. But that was a long time ago, um, almost 50 years ago. And, you know, Yom Kippur then was, everyone was overtaken by this incredible, you know, intense prayer and fear for, for the future. But in our time, we're walking in and we're, we're all feeling like, like this day will matter. I mean, the amount of memes that have been going around just about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and some of them are really funny, some of them are cringeworthy, some of them are really, uh, you know, like bad daddy jokes. Like when your father says the joke and you're like, no, dad, you didn't just say that one. That's so awkward. Um, but some of them are like, are really like one of them that I got was, I don't know what you prayed for last year, Rosh Hashanah, but don't do the same thing this year. You know, pray for something else. Um, we're all walking in and we're like the, the lines about, you know, 2020 and what we're coming from. Some people are being more graphic about it. Some people are being less, but there's no question that like many of us want this past year behind us, which I've, if you've been listening to me for more than a, a week, you've heard me on the, and you've heard me on previous Rosh Hashanahs. I think I said the exact same thing in 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, and 2015. I think that's when I started on the radio. Each year, I remember coming on just saying, gosh, people are feeling like this year, we just want to put the year behind us. And each year was for a different reason. And maybe this year we'll all, we all want to put it up behind us for the same reason. But I would say, hey, wait, one second, one second. We have 72 hours before we close the book on Tough Shempei on the year 5780. And before we close the book, let's make sure we read the pages. <laughs> you know, in life, you don't really put things behind you. You put them in you. They become part of you. You don't really move beyond the past. Obviously, you could learn lessons from the past and become a better person, but you are your past and your present. And in some ways, your future as, your future as well. You are in that space. So before we sit there saying, you know what? Rosh Hashanah 2020, oh boy, bring it on. Can't wait. Best year ever. This is all going to end. Okay, please God. It's all going to end. Maybe even end before Rosh Hashanah. Who knows? Miracles can happen. But before we rush into the next year, can we just peek at this year? At this very interesting year in our life and ask ourselves, can't we all agree that each and every one of us in the past 12 months have grown in our character more than we've grown in a very long time? I've met so many people over this time. And each one of us on our own journey, but there's no question that the past six, seven months has made us in some ways a better version of ourselves, less materialistic, more family oriented, more loving, maybe even a bit more forgiving. Yeah, maybe families fought with each other a bit in the, in the tense, small little space of lockdown. In other words, being in a small space, but almost everyone I've met, if not everyone I met, if they're honest with themselves, they would tell me, I've grown. You've grown. You're coming to Rosh Hashanah, and instead of the typical cliches, how's next year going to be different? Have you changed the past year? I think each and every one of us can walk into this Rosh Hashanah with a bit of perspective. We've grown. We all have. Whether it was circumstances that forced us or whether it was our own choice, it's not really relevant or even if it is relevant, that's not the point. In other words, first focus on the fact we've changed. 
there's no question each and every one of us is a drop less focused on materialism than we were last year. Our ideas have changed. Our idea of what a good life looks like, what a good wedding looks like, what a good barmy looks like, what a loving family looks like. Life has matured us. I believe there's very few of us, if any, that are walking out of this year more immature than we walked into it. I'd argue the contrary. We're walking in to this year wiser, deeper, more grounded, more anchored than we have in a very long time. And that is a gift. That is an incredible gift that we should celebrate. So before you close the book on last year, and before you sit there saying, ah, let's just run because last year is just something to run away from. It's Sodom. I don't want to look back. I don't want to be like the wife of Sodom that turns, uh, the wife of Lot that turns back and turns into a pillar of salt. One second, one second. We're not running yet. Rosh Hashanah will be here. But now we're still walking. And it's okay to look back. And as much as it was a challenging year in terms of growth, you've all grown. And that's worth celebrating. And that's worth mentioning. And that's worth looking on. And not just looking at the past year and saying, oh, can't wait for it to be over. If we are put into this world for character growth, and that's what, as people of faith, we believe that we're here to grow, to become better people. In many ways, this was the best year of our life because we've accomplished that goal. This Rosh Hashanah, give a gift instead of a hug. Visit the Selwyn Siegel gift shop in store or online for a range of stunning, exciting hampers, toys, and gifts. Show your friends and family that you care. And remember, little people need hugs too. That's www.selwynsiegel.co.za. And the music we're about to play for you is the beautiful melody of Natana Tokef, sung by the, the IDF choir, magnificent tune, Enjoy. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM and my name is Rabbi Levi Avton. And again, we are talking just before Rosh Hashanah, 72 plus hours before the beginning of a new year. And we're saying, hey, pause, 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 pause. Before we run into the new year, we can look back at the previous year and reflect on how it's changed us. Take a bit of a bird's eye view, float atop of it, get out of your, the lockdown of our mind. And, you know, many of us have been thinking day to day in this world, like what's the next phase and what's the this and what do I do today? Am I going to go shopping? Am I going to get it delivered? So maybe step out of the day to day minutia, um, which is a good way to live, but sometimes it's important, especially just before Rosh Hashanah, zoom out, as they say in uh, technology, zoom out. Take a zoomed out perspective rather than a zoomed in. When you're taking a photo and you're zoomed in, you could take a beautiful photo, but you're only getting a tiny sliver. You're taking a photo of one leaf, and that's nice. Some photos are beautiful when they only have one leaf. But then you zoom out and you see a tree, you see a forest, you see something so much more magnanimous, something just so majestic, so beautiful, so transformative. And I think if we look at this year and we, you know, we go past the cliches and the redundancies and the stuff that we've said a million times and the less, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you look and you say, wow, as a person, do I recognize myself? 
or am I proud to say that the person I was 12 months ago and the person I am now is is not the same. Obviously, it's the same human being, but I, I've refined myself. We've changed, friends, and I think it's important to acknowledge that. What's also important to say is that, please God, when things go back, not only to what was, but to a better future, we have to ask ourselves, will we fall back into materialism? I'll give you a small, tiny example. A tiny example of bar mitzvahs. You know, bar mitzvahs are beautiful, and Zoom bar mitzvahs are not the ideal, I agree. But on the other hand, we've come to appreciate that spending hundreds of thousands of rand to impress people it's not really the point of life. And you could have a beautiful, meaningful barmy without literally costing a penny. Because you could even get Zoom for free if it's less than 40 minutes. Or use somebody's account who has longer. And we've come to appreciate that ultimately what a bar mitzvah is, is so much more than just the decor. It's the heart. It's the ability for people to talk. It's the ability of people all around the world to be there. And yes, we will go back one day to in-person bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. At the same time, we can't go back to what was. We've learned something. We've learned the the finite limits of material, you know, the, the limitations, the pettiness of materialism. We all want a good life. We want to drive a, a nice car. But with the car sitting in the garage for six months, does it really make a difference if an Audi or a Toyota sitting in your garage? And for some people it does. I can't imagine why. It's just losing value every day. So why exactly is there like, let me think of my Audi that hasn't moved out of the garage in six months. It's losing value every single day, but it's just, I have an Audi. Whatever, you know, we like the pleasures of life, but ultimately, if I, I can't talk for other people, I could talk for myself. Until lockdown, I was slowly but surely becoming more materialistic. You know, I was living further and further away from a time of lack. My grandparents grew up in a time of lack. My parents maybe a little bit, but the world I grew up in, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, yes, there was obviously poor people, but for the average person living in the West, they've had comforts that their grandparents couldn't even imagine, even if they're in middle class or even lower than middle class life. So as you're living in the world of physicality and materialism for a long time, eventually what happens is you lose the sensitivity. And you're like, one second, everyone's doing that. I mean, like, I'm not being overspending if I'm, you know, just flying my whole family to Tahiti. I mean, like, there's nothing really there. And if I'm spending more money on this, and if I'm dressing to impress, and if I'm going to holiday in a place that it's just like for the high fences, for the fancy people, because I can, etc., we, we, we were becoming desensitized, and it was becoming like normal. And is that evil? No. But were we losing our more our inner compass, our de- basic humility, groundedness? I could say some of us were. And the past six months has um, knocked us back. We're not, we're not going to recover from this in some good ways for a while. We're not going to see materialism the same way. Things are not going to impress us the way they did till now. I'm not saying we're not going to become a little more... You know, once the, the plane's open, we'll fly around, we'll continue with our holidays. But I think something's been taken away from us. Some imagination that that physicality is all there is and another moment of pleasure is the entire pursuit of life. And that when the American uh, revolutionaries 
refer to pursuit of happiness, we changed it to mean pursuit of pleasure. I think in that we've 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 refined ourselves. That's what refinement is. A refined person, by definition, is less materialistic. They get pleasure from things that are more refined, like a, an idea, a relationship, intelligence, spirituality, things that are not tangible and crass. I've shared it before, one of the great uh, Hasidic discourses. It's probably one of the first ones I've ever learned. In general, it's one of the first things they study with boys in yeshiva. It's called it the discourse Kuntra Samayan. And it's translated in English. It's a magnificent book. And in it, Rabbi Shalom Dober Lubavitch, who passed away in 1920, so 100 years ago, he presents many, many ideas. But one of the first ideas he, represent, he presents, literally on the first or second page, is this idea of different levels of pleasure. He refers to it as four levels. The most basic animalistic level, a more refined level, a more refined level, and even more refined. And what is that? The most basic pleasure that we have is similar to animals. Food, sleep, comfort, intimacy. Nothing necessarily wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a steak and there's nothing wrong with enjoying a good drink and there's nothing wrong. But in the level of refinement of the, of the, the pleasure, there's no question that this is on the lower level because we should pretty much share it with animals. And anything that you share in an animal is not something to sit to celebrate and say, hey, I'm a human, but my steak compared to the lion's piece of meat, woo, I'm on a whole new level. It doesn't work that way. He likes his meat one way and you like your meat another way. And there's nothing wrong with it, but that's not the be all and end all. Then there's a more refined kind of pleasure, something that other animals maybe can't relate to as much. Some can, but it's, it's not as tangible. It's, it's more ethereal, even in some way spiritual. Music, arts, not fake art. I'm saying like real art, something that's like deeply inspiring, a magnificent piece of music. We were just listening a few minutes ago to Natana Tokev. There's a pleasure in listening to good music, but it's a more refined pleasure, according to Rabbi Shalom Dorel It's a more refined pleasure than the pleasure of a food, sleep, etc. But those are still self-focused pleasures. We don't really go out of ourselves as much. Then there's the next level. And he calls it the pleasure of, that comes in a good and healthy relationship where we're giving, where there's chesed, where there's kindness, where there's a good and rewarding relationship. When you have a good relationship with your child or your parent or your spouse or your sibling, there's a deep pleasure. And that's a, that's a more refined pleasure. That's something that you're going out of yourself. You're developing a relationship with the other. You're sacrificing, you're compromising, and you're finding pleasure in that relationship. And that is a, that's a beautiful and a refined definition of pleasure. And then the highest, at least when it comes to physical, not necessarily in spiritual, the highest is intellectual. The, the, the pleasure that a person gets when they get something. You go to a class, and the idea doesn't bore you, but rather like you find it resonates with you and you learn this new piece of information and you get it. And you just walk out saying like, wow, like you're on the high. The pleasure of learning is the greatest pleasure of all. And then he talks about within learning, there's different kinds of learning, deeper levels of Torah, etc. But in basic, there's four levels of human pleasure. What we share with animals, the arts, 
relationships and ideas. And if I look at myself and I look at the people I, I know, we've been pushed out, at least out of level one, a bit. When it comes to physical pleasures, life hasn't really afforded that same abundance, even to those living in the upper, you know, financial situations. They haven't been flying around as much. They haven't been taking their holidays as much. It's been taken away a bit from us. Where have we gravitated? To music. Thank God for things like Spotify and YouTube and just incredible amount of music. I could say music almost keeps me alive some days. Just listening to beautiful, good music. We've nurtured our relationships. We've been forced to look at our relationships. Some of them needed work. Maybe all of them needed work. And if we were honest enough to look at it, we, 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 we accepted that and we took on the work. And many of us can say that our relationships are closer. Yes, divorces have gone up by 30% some places in the world. On the other hand, there's no question that marriages, the quality of marriages has also gone up in the past six, seven months. And finally, ideas. People have learned more these past seven months than they've learned maybe since they've left school. Honestly, like I've had people that have been trying, begging to get to sit and learn and have a nice discussion for years. And the last six months, they've accumulated such an incredible amount of knowledge. And we've suddenly remembered the gift of knowledge. You know, one of the gripes I have, and if you've listened to me before, you know I have my gripes is that often what school does, it's there to teach us knowledge, but it makes us see knowledge as a means to an end. Get a diploma so that you can get a job. In, alter, in other words, knowledge is a means to an end. It's not an end on itself. So the moment you get your diploma, you get your degree, or you become financially successful, you never have to open the book again. Because what do you mean? Knowledge was just a way to make a living. And for me, that's the biggest curse of knowledge. To tell someone the reason you need to learn is so that you can get a matrix, so that you can get a degree so you can make a living, is taking the most beautiful, sublime gift of being human, other than spirituality, I'm saying, like the, just the human experience of learning, and telling them, nah, it's just a means for you to afford a nice car. Yeah. You want to emigrate, you need enough money, so the way you're going to do that is you're going to learn, you're going to get good marks, then you're going to get a nice uh, sponsorship to a university overseas, and everything's going to be fantastic. In other words, you want to have a good life, learn. No! Have a good life so that you can focus on learning. It's the other way around. Yes, try to set yourself up financially well and comfortable so that you can learn. Because that's the ultimate pursuit. The ultimate pursuit is not to just buy a nicer house and a nicer car and a nicer house and a nicer car and to fill up your bank account with more zeros. The ultimate pursuit is to have enough so that you can actually then go. Develop relationships. Develop your personality. Develop your knowledge. And yeah, when we, whenever we talk about the Jewish people as people of the book, what book are we referring to? We're not talking about degrees. We're talking about we love learning for the sake of learning. Talmud, Mishnah, Chumash, Hasidut, etc., etc. Not because it gives us anything other than a connection to Hashem and it nurtures our minds. But learning is the ultimate pursuit. And in the last six months, Many of us have come and we've remembered that. And for me, that's amazing. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. We are now at 18 minutes to 2 o'clock 
on the 26th day of the month of Elul, just a few days before Rosh Hashanah. And what we've been saying the last few minutes, pretty much the whole show, is it's a year that we can give ourselves credit, not only berate ourselves. One of my favorite Hasidic stories, it's a small story, but it's so powerful. They say the story about Rabbi Shmuel B'Tzalel. He was a great sage, lived in the 19th century. Shmuel B'Tzalel, Rashbats. And he was on his deathbed, and this was a man who had lived an incredibly rich life. Not life of riches, rich life, that's very different. His life was rich, full of meaning and purpose and love and relationship and growth. He had an incredible life story and just an incredible richness in who he was and his ideas, etc. And as he was laying on his deathbed, one person decided to grab the opportunity and ask him, Rajbats, before you go, do you regret anything? So very often when you ask that to people, you know, when you have a conversation, it's not as if every person that's about to die, I'm like, okay, dude, let's uh, let's talk about your regrets. But sometimes if the person's in a reflective mode and they're still compass mentis, the conversation gravitates to there. And often the answer is either I have many regrets or I have no regrets. It's like totally absolute. I have no regrets. I've lived a good life. Or I have many regrets and I... I wish I did this, and I wish I did this, and I didn't this, and I didn't that, etc. He didn't say either. He says, I have one regret. So they think they're going to hear something profound. He didn't daven beautifully enough. He didn't finish as much Talmud as he thought he would. He wasn't as pious as he wished he could have been. He looked at them and he says, I regret that I wasn't able to see my strengths as clear as I was able to see my weaknesses. I didn't utilize my strengths enough. In other words, what's he saying? He's not saying pop psychology. What he's saying is, if I knew how much more energy God had gave me, how much more I had, I could have done so much more. In other words, instead of telling himself, I'm evil because I didn't do enough, he's saying, I, have, I, I underestimated my ability. I underestimated my ability. And usually when we come at the end of the year, we're berating ourselves. This year, I think many of us can come and also look and sit there saying, yes, there's more to grow and more to know, learn about ourselves and our capabilities. But we've grown. We've grown. We've learned lessons that maybe life has been trying to teach us for years and decades, but it didn't necessarily, the penny didn't drop until now. There's something about the human being and, and grasping knowledge that only through living something do we often get to experience it. So, for example, people can be talking about spending time with your family, and we can be talking about it until we're blue in the face, and ultimately we don't spend time with our family. And then lockdown happens, and you're forced to spend time with your family. And suddenly you realize, yeah, it's it's not just a philosophy, it's real. I need to spend more time with my family. I need to spend more time with myself. I need to deal with some of my stuff. And we've done that. And as you walk into this Rosh Hashanah with all the requests for better health and a, be- and a healthier world and the pandemic gone and the, the financial climate being better than ever before, please God, all the prayers we have, could also come and say, you know what, Hashem? 
I don't know what lessons you were there to teach me, but I've learned some lessons. And I've changed. I've grown. I've matured myself. I look at the 12 months and I see a person whose growth hormone was active. You know, what people today in the various the technology of medicine, one of the medical technologies they have is a growth hormone where literally they, I have a relative that was very short, etc., was taking a medicine for a while and eventually grew taller. He's quite a tall kid right now. But each and every one of us also has a growth hormone within us that's of a more spiritual and more refined way. And that is that part of us that's saying, come on, be bigger, do more, mature, actualize your spiritual self more, listen to your neshama more. And that hormone has been alive in each and every one of us. It's been forced. We've got this injection whether it was lockdown, COVID, financial stress, whatever it is, we've been forced and that hormone is growing within us. And that growth is worth celebrating. It really is. Each and every one of us is put into this world and Hashem says, Gedal, grow, go be as big as you possibly can. And unfortunately, it's sometimes only through challenges that that hormone is activated within us. We have the choice to activate it any time. But sometimes challenges push us, and this challenge has pushed us all. doesn't mean that that I'm justifying the challenge, heaven forbid. But there's no question, it's pushed us. And it's still calling at us. It's still here in this world. It's still calling at us. And what's it asking of us? I don't know what it's asking of you. I know what it's asking of me, I think. I don't know. I could guesstimate. Based on my weaknesses, based on the parts of myself that I don't want to focus on. Yeah, yeah, that part of myself is just the way I am, you know. Just the way I am. No, no, no. Hashem's saying, no, no, no. Grab this opportunity. Grow. Fight yourself in that area. Do more. Be more. Actualize your growth more. If you could be a general, why be a private? If you could be righteous, why be average? If you could transform worlds, why be locked into your own? Push. Not to make more money, not to make more status, to make a difference. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Show. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. I only have a few more minutes with you. So instead of becoming reflective and sharing, uh, you know, lots of my, uh, lots of tires and luction and a bunch of other stuff, and philosophies, I want to just use this opportunity to give you a blessing. L'shana tova, to a good and sweet year, mitukka, sweet. Not only good, but it's palpable. Sometimes things that are good for us don't taste sweet. And sometimes things that are sweet aren't good for us. Think of a good bowl of ice cream. It should be good and sweet. And our year should be one of growth, of kindness, of generosity, of wisdom, of life, of healthy relationships. A year in which we work harder to cherish what we have, happier with our lot. A year in which we remember that the greatest pursuit we're here in this world is to develop a relationship with Hashem. And with 
our fellow human beings who are created in his image. And that first and foremost, we're challenged to be the best people we can with the people that we surround ourselves with, our loved ones, our co-workers, our friends, our acquaintances, and then obviously to spread out to the rest of the world. A year in which we don't lose ourselves by temptation, by weakness, that we can always stay grounded, be mindful of why we're here and what we're here to do. A year that we appreciate the gift of life, a year when we've realized how you know, the past year we've realized how shaky life is and how much we want to live and to ask ourselves not only what do I want to live, but why? And to fill it, that answer with so much meaning and grace and love. Of course, the solution to all of that is a year of Mashiach, a year when Hashem finally finishes this challenge we've been through, this exile, this unnatural world in which he is hidden and we walk around thinking that we're the only things that exist, some of us. And where his reality is still a debate in philosophy classes rather than a fact. A year where we look at our children, our grandchildren, our nephews, nieces, our relatives, and we, we are grateful for each person in our life. A year that of abundance, first and foremost in our mind and in our pocket as well. But first, abundance in our mind that we know what to do with the money in our pocket, not to just make our pockets so big that they rip from uh, all the gold sitting in there, but rather remember that God sees us as messengers. Through us, he wants us to help others. And after taking care of ourselves and our loved ones, it's our obligation that the money we have, that the gifts we've been given we share with others, the talents we have to share with others. A, a year that we remember that ultimately we are here for each other and we cannot live without each other. And each and every one of us are blessed to be part of this incredible world we're in, Hashem's garden. Wishing you a Shana Tova Mituka, a good and sweet year. I want to thank the incredible team at Chai FM for your good work, especially during COVID. I want to thank Craig for running this even during these times and Vusi and all the guys, all the guys at Chai FM, all of you, incredible work. Shana Tova. I want to finish the show with a beautiful song. It's in Hebrew and it's a prayer to God. Watch over me. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Aftson, wishing you a Shana Tova Umetuka, a good and sweet year. See you next year. That's next week. Please, God, same place, same station. God bless you all.